It is a true saying that when we think about time and how quickly it seems to be going by, when you are younger, however, time is prolonged and it seems it's never going to come to an end, especially when you're in school or some other onerous problem like that. When you get older, of course, responsibilities of life, things progress, it seems faster. Of course, it's all in our mind, isn't it? Time is moving at the same rate that it has always moved from the beginning of time. And yet it's a rejoicing to know that our times are in the hands of the Lord. He is in control of our birth, our life, our death, and all the events in between. And so we can rejoice this morning and rest in the great comfort that our Lord knows our beginning. He knows our growing years. He knows when we will come to the end, and we can rejoice in Him in all of that. Let's stand, please, to sing 521, My Times Are in Thy Hand. in prayer as we come to Him now. Our loving Father, what thanksgiving and rejoicing we have in our hearts for a new day that You've given to us, a brand new Lord's Day, a day of opportunity, a day where we can join with others that love the Savior as we unite in prayer and in thanksgiving, in worship, Lord, we lift our hearts and our praises heavenward. 
We ask, dear God, today that the Holy Spirit will come to empower us, that we will praise aright, that we will understand the Scripture as we read, that, Lord, the Spirit will impress that truth upon our lives to our hearts so that we will be changed more quickly into the image of our Lord Jesus and fulfill, Father, the great purpose whereby we have been made. Lord, we lift our hands heavenward. We lift our hearts, O God, up in prayer and praise. And we ask, Father, for the hearts that may be hanging low today, heavy with some burden, some distress. O God, bring us into the place of full joy and of thanksgiving even in the depth of trial or of difficulty. Lord, how thankful we are that in every changing scene of life we can map out a sovereign hand and by faith, Lord, we will see and grasp and take home that we are held, that we are cared for, that, Lord, our times are in Your hand. And we are thankful to leave our lives there, knowing that our Lord Jesus understands and no one cares for us as our Savior. And, O oh God, we are thankful this morning for everyone gathered in person in Your house. And for those gathered online, may their place at home, at a distance away, not able to be in the house of prayer today, Lord, may that be a sanctuary for them, a place of encouragement that the Word would speak powerfully to their hearts. And Father, again, we pray for any who are unsaved here or watching today. Bless them with salvation. Bring them, O God, we pray, by that effectual call to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for those who have been witnessed to recently, have been either given a gospel tract or a word of testimony and it may just be, Lord, a simple word, but use it powerfully by the Holy Spirit, for we are, Lord, Your messengers. We are the witnesses of Jehovah. And I pray that that witness will go forward powerfully. And at the times, Lord, when there is nothing spoken or nothing handed out, the very life, the radiance of Christ will be seen through us and so that others will say, I would see Jesus. Oh, Father, hear our prayer this morning and remember all in our congregation. Remember, O oh God, we pray those who were baptized last Wednesday evening, pour out Your Spirit abundantly upon them and encourage them in their Christian walk as they continue in obedience and service. 
And Father, protect them from the attack of the devil, for we have often proved that after some great blessing, there will come some serious attack. Lord, hover around them and camp around about them, Lord, we pray. And bless others who have recently come to the Savior by faith, or perhaps those who trusted the Lord when they were very young, and they have not yet come to that point of making public confession and testimony. Bless them, Lord. Lead them step forward ahead and bless them abundantly. Remember, Father, those who are in beds of sickness and even near death today, for our sister June Hamilton, for Reverend Bodner, bless these dear ones and help them. Remember Serene's uncle as well. Thankful our brother Richard Teo is here today. Lord, we pray that your grace would continue to be poured out upon our brother to strengthen him and bless him. Remember Ron as well and Serene and others who are going through some difficult struggles health-wise. Lord, yet they are here in body or they are here in spirit. Bless them, Lord, and be very, very near. Remember those who are suffering today because of their testimony in Christ. Near or far, pour out Your grace on them. Protect them from the evil that is around them. And Lord, let them in the very crux of their persecution be a very bright testimony and witness for the Savior. And Lord, whatever You've planned for our lives, our times in Your hands, keep us, we pray, from falling by the wayside. Keep us from being discouraged. Keep our eyes always fastened upon our Savior and looking heavenward to see Him who alone is worthy of all that we can give. So, Father, bless us now today, we pray. Hear our prayers. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. Please turn to Psalm 130. If you're using our book, the Psalms are at the back. We will stand, please, again as we worship.
and you may be seated. Let me ask you please to turn now in your Bibles to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? And whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell or the grave, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thine hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked. O God, depart from me therefore, ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. May God bless His precious Word to our hearts this morning as we have read in Jesus' name. Very happy that you are here today 
in the Lord's house. We rejoice that you're here in person. And if you're viewing our service online this morning, you are very, very welcome indeed. It's very good to see our sister Kathy Henry Lee back. I miss seeing them. We're here last Lord's Day, and we've been praying for our dear sister and brother for uh, many years, all through the COVID time when they were not able to be out. But it's such a good thing to see you in the house of the Lord again, and we pray for God's continual hand upon you and others. If we don't have your name, you are equally welcome in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray His hand would be upon you. We had a very special week and of prayer Monday and Tuesday evening this past week, and then on Wednesday we had a baptismal service. And if you miss those times, well, you missed out on a blessing from the Lord And, of course, doing business with God in those prayer times is so vital, so important. And I would ask you to continue in your prayers for the three people who were baptized on the Wednesday evening, Mrs. Wilma Reed, and also our brother Sam McAnally, and then Anna Iriarte. And they've been coming to the evening service the last little while and it was very encouraging. Anna is a student in our school, and so we're very thankful that we had the opportunity of helping her through her baptism and the others as well. This is an important step as they have determined to make public their testimony that they belong to Christ and they want to follow Him, and that's such a very, very important thing in life. So you pray for them, and let's pray for others that will also come to that conviction and that point in time. Let's hold up also, well, first of all, before we get to that, we want to extend again our condolences to our sister Serene Wong in the passing of her dear aunt, Mrs. Lung. And she passed away on June the 3rd, and the funeral for Mrs. Lung will be this coming Saturday, and it will be at 1.30 in the afternoon and it will be at the Elgin Mills uh, Funeral Home in Richmond Hill. And so, if you would like to attend there, the details are included on our church bulletin if you need more details on that. But remember our sister Serene in prayer and also praying for her uncle. Let's remember also Mrs. Hamilton, who is in convalescent care now, and also a brother John Bodner, getting weaker as the days go past and looking forward to the brightness of heaven and glory. And so we hold them up before the Lord. Remember our services today at 5.50. We have our prayer time before the evening service and then our service at 6.30. This being the second Lord's Day of the month, we will have a time of worship, of praise, extending after the evening service tonight. So let's look forward to that and you plan to come along and attend if you can. Wednesday evening is a special night also as it is our annual general meeting for the reports and updates on 2022. It seems a little bit later this year, but nonetheless, it is better late than never. And we encourage you to come along on Wednesday evening for that time 
of the annual general meeting. On Saturday, we have the two events. I've already mentioned the one for the funeral, and the other one is the Highland Creek Outreach, and that will be from 10 o'clock to 4 p.m., and if you have signed your name on that list at the back, you can speak to Mr. Jew sometime today, and he will give you any final instructions that are needed as we go and just bear a witness and a testimony and share the love of the Lord and hand out some bottles of water with a gospel tract attached to it. And we pray the Lord would use our testimony and our witness in that area. I also appreciate your prayers. A couple of advanced things. If you had put down your name for the Pregnancy Care Center to volunteer, not tonight, but next Lord's Day evening after the evening service, there will be a meeting in the counseling room with those folks who put their name down there just to get together and to give you some instructions about what that will look like. And if you would like to be a part of that, well, come along next Lord's Day evening. Appreciate your prayers for June the 23rd. That's a Friday night, which will be the ordination of Andrew Fitton in our Cloverdale congregation. And I hope to be traveling there on the Friday and then returning back on Saturday to be with us for our Lord's Day services. But it will be an exciting time for that congregation, for our brother Andrew, and I know he'll greatly appreciate your prayers. The months are passing by very quickly, a bit too quickly as we're thinking about how time flies. And July the 1st is Canada Day, and we will be having a barbecue here and a time of fellowship uh, in the around the back of the school area, and there will be some fireworks as well. It'll be a nice time to get together and a great opportunity to invite some of your family, neighbors, people who don't normally come to the church, and be able to introduce them, a great way of doing some outreach. So you'll be a part of that. That's on July the 1st. We'll give you more details about the time as far as that comes a bit closer to it, but looking forward to that. We're going to praise the Lord again with a hymn that is not in our hymnal, but is well known to most people. His eye is on the sparrow. Remain seating, seated while we sing.
stand for that final verse. I can see little Evelyn there, and that's her song, because when we had the dedication of Evelyn many years ago, we were singing that song. That was a request from the family. Well, it's a precious song in more ways than that. It's special because of the truth it contains, the God of all eternity, God of heaven and of earth, is the God who has His eye continually upon His people. And He knows every step that we take, every breath that we breathe, every heartbeat. And the Lord is our great, overseeing, kind Father. We can rejoice in that. And let's praise Him. Turn now, please, with me to John 21. John 21 reading from verse 15 to 19. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, Thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love Thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girded thyself and walked whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, Thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death 
he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Let's pray now. Our Father, with His Word open that is becoming increasingly familiar to us as we have read it over these last few weeks now, I pray that the truth would be fastened to our hearts. Let us not be faithless, but believing. Let us rest and trust in our God with all our hearts. Bless us today, Father. Hear our prayers now. Give me help to speak the Word of God faithfully and clearly. Help me, Lord, as Your servant this morning to impress the Scripture to every heart, including, Lord, I pray, my own soul, that You would speak to me. Bless us in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. I want to speak to you today from verses 18 and 19 on this truth. The comfort and determination that Christ knows are past, present, and future. It was Horatius Bonner who wrote this, these words, My love is oft times low, my joy still ebbs and flows, but peace with Him remains the same. No change, Jehovah knows. And this was the testimony of Mr. Bonner, a man of God, and yet he knew in himself the instability of his own heart, and he knew how susceptible he was to the unstable emotions and the changing circumstances that we are liable to. Yes, growing in grace and in likeness to our Lord is a road that all Christians are on. Every single one of us are on that journey of being conformed to the image of Christ. It's a day-to-day reality. But the fact that we are not on fire for God as we would like to be, and that idea is sometimes elusive. We pray and seek the Lord for His blessings, and when we're doing that and praying for the power and the fire of God to be with us and upon us, we want to be careful that we don't discount how the Spirit is working in us. We don't want to say those things are not important and forget the past, forget what the Lord has done. No, we must, at the time when we're asking for the Lord to come near and to pour out His Spirit upon us, to be mindful of all that the Lord has done so far in our life. The greatest of all things, we have salvation from sin. We have a home in heaven. We have glory to look forward to. And these things are a great blessing that we cannot step aside from. Now, Peter 
had been given a very gracious opportunity by the Lord to reaffirm his love, as weak as it was, as Peter declared, and as unstable as Peter was. He could not say, Lord, I love you in the highest degree, but I love you, Lord. I love you with a kindly, endearing love. And while encouraging him that we should love the Lord with heart, soul, mind, and strength, we must also know and remember that God knows and remembers that we are but dust. He takes our weak and our imperfect love and He purifies it through the filter of Christ's love, of our Lord's merit, and of His perfect righteousness. And so, as you will recall from our past studies and from your reading, the interaction that transpired between Christ and Peter on the shore of Lake Galilee after that breakfast meal, the Lord did not correct Peter or challenge his answers. He did not rebuke his grievance that he had asked him three times. Peter was upset about that, we know. The Savior simply asked the questions, and then what did he do? He allowed the Holy Spirit to write the truth upon his heart and to bring him a step along. Then the Lord gave one of his very famous and familiar verily, verily statements, introductions. It means truly, truly, or in the original it is amen, amen. A double emphasis the Lord was giving to what He was about to say. He was calling, if the Lord would do that, a little extra attention to what He is about to say to Peter and certainly to the other disciples that were around. He wanted Peter's undivided attention to be very close to the truth that he was going to tell him. I wonder, friends, are we listening to the Lord's Word from our hearts as He is communicating to us? Or are we too busy multitasking and we give a Lord, the Lord a section of our attention, but it's not the full attention. But what God deserves from us is our focused, our sharp, our full attention to His Word. As after all, it is the Lord of glory who is speaking here. It is the God of all creation that's communicating to us. Does He not deserve all we have to give? And the word to Peter was of great personal importance. For it was dealing with him as a servant, as a son, and as a beloved child. And the one who was given the task of being the apostle to the Jews. Look at verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, and girded thyself, and walked whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, 
Thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou would not. I want you to learn, us all to learn today in the first place, the Lord is giving to Peter here a reflection of former days. A reflection of former days. Most of you, when you got up this morning, at some juncture before you got to church, looked into a mirror. And you might have looked into the mirror, and as a mirror is to give you a true and accurate reflection of what is being in front of the mirror, you may have been quite happy with what you saw. Some might have thought, rather, what is that looking back at me? I'm not quite sure about that. But mirrors give an accurate account of what is being in front of them. And the Lord was holding up to Peter a mirror, a mirror of reality to him for a thinking back on where he had come from. What was his life? What were his former days like? Peter's former days were carefree. They were rugged days. They were determined and those that were of his own making. He was his own man, his own person. He was living his own way. He was coming and going as he pleased. He was indulging in all manner of sin. His life, my dear friends, was marked by self-determination. The Lord was opening to Peter His memory store and bank. This was so vital and such a vital truth at this point in this God's servant's life. Verily, verily, Peter, I want you to stop now and think. Think back. Look into the mirror of your own history and see where you have come from. Because the Lord went on to say, then you girded yourself. What does that mean? The word gird, it means to bind with a belt. To wrap something around you, a belt, a rope, a scarf, something, and it would keep things tight around the midriff. It comes from a root word that means a yoke, something to bind together. In the olden days, some ladies used corsets in order to tie the midriff together very tightly and make them look a little bit more like a Barbie doll than uh, the real picture of things. And the idea was to bind things tightly together. The word yoke is also part of this. So if you have oxen, a yoke of oxen, the two are yoked together in order that they might be in unity. They might be together in the plowing efforts that they would make. We have another illustration in the Old Testament because when Elijah 
was praying for rain. And the Lord answered the prayer. Rain was coming. And he began, told Ahab, get in your chariot and get back to Jezreel. And what did Elijah do? It's, we're told that he gird up his loins and he ran in front of the chariot of Ahab. So he gathered up his garment, whether they were long and flowing, and he tied them up together tightly and he began to run. And you get the picture of that. Now we are also admonished to gird up the loins of our minds. And when the Lord says that, He wants us to draw together tightly our thinking and our thought processes. He wants our motives and our reason to be all gathered together for some special directive or some vital instruction that the Lord is going to give. So all of these illustrations help to put together what the Lord was saying to Peter, when you were young, you gird yourself. You pulled the belt very tight on your own ways, your own pleasure, your own purposes. He bound himself to it. It was a belt of his own making, his own power, because he lived life then in his own way, and he did what he pleased. I well remember when I got my motorcycle license when I was 16 years of age. I believed at that time I had arrived at manhood when I was in the liberty of getting on the road and riding for myself. It was a 350 Honda, and it had some holes drilled in the exhaust pipe to make it sound like a a larger motorcycle But, of course, whenever you do that, you lose power. But it didn't matter. It sounded good anyway. And that was the whole point behind it. So I am sailing down the road, happy that I got my license, until I was pulled in by the police officer for speeding. On the way from the licensing place to my work, and immediately the great uh, balloon of pride was popped, and I got a speeding ticket. And there were a few more that followed after that, but we won't go into that right now. Those are in my youthful and foolish days, but I'm much more sanctified now. And uh, that doesn't take place. I shouldn't say that because on the way home from church, that's what will happen. I'll end up getting a speeding ticket. We have to be careful, don't we, of self-determination. We must all think back and be careful of tightening the belt of our self-determination and self-confidence too tightly because when we do, sometimes it becomes like a constrictor knot. And that is a type of knot that as you pull on it, it becomes increasingly tight. And so tight after it has been pulled for so long that it is virtually impossible to undo. Not long ago, I was cutting a tree down and tying a rope to the top of the tree or three-quarters of the way up, and I tied the bottom part of the rope to the trailer hitch of my car, the van. And I pulled it very, very tight because I wanted that tree to fall in the direction it was supposed to go. And uh, when after cutting it, the tree the way it was supposed to, and then beginning to pull the tree, well, that rope had constricted 
fitted around the trailer hitch ball very, very tightly, and I had to cut the rope off. I could not untie that knot. And friends, the warning and the illustration is for us and for anyone who is outside of Christ today, or perhaps you have come to the Lord at some time of your life, but at the moment you're not walking with Christ. You're not walking in fellowship with Him in that degree. You're going off in your own way, maybe backslidden. But I I say to you from the Word, as the Lord reminded Peter, when you were young, Peter, you tightened the belt around yourself. You were going your own direction until the day I met you and stepped in and loosened that belt that you had so constricted yourself with. Let us be warned, friend, and be careful that it is not tightened so much that it will be virtually impossible to ever be undone. The Lord was speaking to Peter about self-determination, but He was also talking to him about independent activity. He told him, when you were young, you walked where you wanted to go. The Lord was saying, Peter, before you knew me, Before your life was changed, that day I sat in your boat three and a half years ago, and a great catch of fish was given even after your unbelief. You did what you wanted to do in those days. You went where you liked to go. It may not have been always an evil situation that Peter was doing, or anyone else for that matter may have been occupation, may have been family. But the impetuous spirit was that of an unbridled activity and a determination to have things your own way, as Peter had things his own way. Peter was not taking handouts from anybody, and maybe you're an independent person and you wouldn't do the same. You provided for yourself. You did things according to your own method. Hardworking, yes. Motivated, aggressive. The independent spirit was driven more, though, by a selfish nature. Maybe a lot of that was just to prove to others, I can do this. I've got the grit. I'm not going to be like somebody else who's a wimp. I'm going to prove it to the world, prove it to myself. I can make it on my own. And the Lord was saying to Peter, there was a day when you walked where you wanted to go. You did what you wanted to do. You were not going to be led by anyone. You know, whether someone is an extrovert like Peter, or maybe an introvert like some of the other apostles, whether you're outgoing or passive, the desire to do what we want and not to be told by anyone else what to do, it resides in every single heart. Sometimes there might be more of a passive stubbornness as opposed to an open rebellion. 
But however the characteristic of the individual, whatever their personality type, friend, in both cases, the outcome of a path is away from God and not in the direction of the Lord. Our natural inclinations, they always default to ourselves and wanting to go our own direction, our own way. This is how the Lord described the state of Peter when he was younger and out of Christ. And the truth is that the Lord saw Peter's past. He saw what he was. He knew all about it. Every detail, every word, every thought, because nothing can be hidden from the all-searching and seeing eye of a sovereign God. He knows every detail. The hidden things of darkness He will expose. Friend, whether you are young today or older, the way of self is not the way of Christ. And the Lord says, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Have you come to the end? And quite frankly, you cannot untie the knot, that constricted knot of self-making. It's pulled so tight over the years. And what's caused it to be pulled tight? I would say to you, it is the weight of sin that you are dragging behind you. But the Lord, He is the one that has the answer. He is the one that can come to give relief. And so, He did for Peter. I want you to notice, please, the second thought that we have and that we learn is the contrast of years. The contrast of years. He said to Peter, when thou shalt be old. Peter lived a relatively long life. The indication here is that he was just coming into the prime of days. He was just coming into the time when, well, he was about to be used of God in a great way. His denials would have shown every evidence against that. But now the Lord's restoring him to service and work. He's recommissioning him to go and feed his sheep, feed his lambs. His love may not be perfect, but the Lord is going to raise him up and use him. The prime of life, the starting of his gospel ministry, that's where he was. But the Lord steps over all that now, and he gets to the point of what the future holds for him when he is old, when his work will just about be done, when he would be ushered into heaven. And at that point, friends, we notice that the independence that Peter had, it faded. Oh, it, it, it had begun to fade from that time on Lake Galilee. His independent spirit, his thought, I can do this. 
I have faith stronger than other men. I love Christ more than other men. No, his head was heavy, hanging down then. His independent spirit of tying that belt so tight the way he used to do it, doing all things for himself. No, no, the Lord had begun to loosen that for him. The physical freedom that he once had and that so-called liberty that he once enjoyed in the world was now fading away. And there is going to be around him now a different type of restriction. It's going to be a different type of liberty. It's now a liberty and a freedom that is in Christ. It's a liberty that he now has because the Lord is the supreme ruler of his life and of his way, his destiny, of the service and work he's going to do. We are told that he would stretch out his hands and another would gird thee. Youth and beauty, they would pass away. And we have not long to stay here, do we? It's a hard reality. We're all getting old. And some might say they've already arrived at that juncture. Yes, the natural process from birth to childhood, through adolescence, Midlife, adulthood, senior years, then old age, if we make it, they're all part of the human condition. Of course, the degradation of life to the point of death has come about because of sin, the fall of Adam in the garden, the word that God gave that in the day that you ate of that fruit that God forbid him to do, Death would come upon all men, and so death did pass upon all men, for Adam is and was our representative. And the Lord has told us in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. There is a day coming when we will stand before Him, and it's coming upon all of us. If we are in Christ and saved by His grace, the judgment seat that we will have standing before the Lord will be to give account of all He has given to us. How have we used our life for Him? But the giving account of those who are outside of Christ is totally different. It is going to be a giving account of that day and in that day of the life of sin and the great debt and weight of sin that we would be accountable before God. And outside of Jesus Christ and the atonement that He has made to pay for sin, if you stand before God in your sinful state, friend, it is a most serious matter. For you are guilty before God. Condemnation hangs over your head today. Yesterday I had the opportunity, by quite a strange providence, of talking to 
an 80-year-old man who was a gas station attendant in a gas station that I would not have normally stopped in. We started talking small talk about things and weather and so on, and he then began to tell me virtually his whole life. And in about three minutes, he shared with me everything. It was just coming out of him as fast as you could imagine. Dates, times, figures, where he worked, what he did, marriage, children, family. And I'm just standing there amazed at how sharp his memory was at 80 years of age and all the details he'd come up with. And after he was finished, he took a breath and I said to him, my friend, and what will happen to you when you come to stand before God after you've died? He paused for a moment, shrugged his shoulders and said, we'll see. A man who had everything in his life really scheduled almost, it seemed, and mapped out. And he told me one funny thing. He said, I never got a ticket in my life, he said. And then I'm thinking back to my first uh, experience at 16 years of age. I didn't tell him that, by the way. I just was listening away. I never got a ticket in my life. I just used common sense, driving down the road, drove trucks and loaders and all kinds of stuff. He tried to change the subject and move on to something else. I said to him, friend, I said, read your Bible, for in John's Gospel, Jesus said that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And it looked like he wanted to say something, but he didn't know what to say and couldn't really say anything. And so, the conversation ended. The time in the meeting was relatively short. You pray for that man, 80 years of age, suffered a stroke 15 years ago, went off all the doctor's medication, went down a health care remedy solution, his own thing. He did it all himself. And he was in fairly good health, it seemed, at the time. But you know what can happen in a moment. Life can be taken from you. When God calls for that man's life, it will go. And he will come to stand before God. I pray that that simple gospel text would stick into the heart and mind. The Lord may use it to bring that man. It was a strange providence, as I said. And how we've been praying, haven't we? And you have, I'm sure, stories similar to that and many more. And pray that God will open a door that you might not have even been thinking about in the course of your day's business. But use that opportunity. Be looking for them. Be praying for them. And then when the time comes, you step in. And if you don't know what to say, just quote a verse of Scripture. Maybe like the one that I quoted to that man. Friend, do not put off the inevitable. Do not leave to the very end this very, very important question that is come, comes to us all. The Lord gives us now an opportunity. He gives to us this convenient season. It is the right time. It is now the Lord has told us to flee from the wrath to come and prepare for eternity. God has said, do it now, friend. 
Don't wait till tomorrow. You might not have tomorrow. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation because now is the day of grace. And all of those things the Lord was wrapping up in that statement He spoke to Peter. And what can we learn from this this morning? How can we conclude this? I'll leave you three very simple things about the comfort and the determination that we have as God's people that flows out from the supreme knowledge that Jesus knows our past, He knows our present, and He knows our future. And as a a result of that, we must receive Christ as Savior while we are very young. While the time is upon us. We must trust in the Lord who knows every detail of our lives from birth right to the day of our death. And as certain as our death is appointed, so our birth was appointed. And we must then, knowing the Lord, determine to live our life out and out for Him. Ah, we've all come from a very different backgrounds. We've all come from different pathways. And it is fascinating to study and hear the testimonies of God's people to know all the different ways that God has been leading. But every single one comes to the only door of salvation that is possible, and that is the door of Christ. Jesus said, I am the door. By Me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And our friend today, if you have come through that door, then you have believed in Christ. Let our light so shine before Him. And if you have not yet come to that point in time, I ask you, what are you waiting for? Do not delay. Do not put off. For the Lord said, now is the day and the time and the opportunity has come for you. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Our Father, teach us, we pray, through this exhortation that our Lord Jesus gave to His servant. It comes to all our hearts in one way or another. And I pray we will take it that, Lord, Your Spirit would work in every heart today. If there is someone out of Christ here, then, Lord, work just now in their hearts. Draw them to the Savior and to repentance. Bless, we pray, Father, every one of us who testify of knowing the Redeemer, that we will glorify our God in our lives and even in our death. For we ask in Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to sing, please, Closing our service, number 288, I hear the words of love. We'll stand to sing.
Father, take the words of this hymn. Take the truth we have been dwelling on today and write it on all our hearts. Bless us. Keep us in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And may we be brought back this evening to again be instructed by the Spirit and be taught the ways of truth. Hear us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.